You're listening to the Mind Your Own Dog Business Podcast. I'm your host, leading expert in dog business strategist, Kristen Lee. Guys, get ready for your journey, your journey to cutting edge marketing and sales, creating a standout kick-ass dog business brand, along with mastering your mindset that's going to smash all of these glass ceilings that have been holding you back and catapult your dog business to the next level with actionable steps you can take right away. We're going to empower you. We're going to grow you as you step into your authentic self, not only as a dog trainer, dog walker, or whatever slice of the pet industry you find yourself in, but as that badass entrepreneur. My mission is to disrupt the current norm, cut through the noise, cut through the bullshit, and empower the incredible women of the dog business industry to step into the spotlight, reclaim control, and transform not only their businesses, but their lives. It's real. It's raw, it's uncensored, and it's what this dog business industry needs. Let's do this, guys. All right, everybody, welcome to today's motherfucking badass episode of Mind Your Own Dog Business. And guys, I have another special guest up on the docket for today's episode. This is, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm going to let you in on something. Super quick secret. And I got permission. I got permission from the man himself to blow up this chick spot. You are going to be talking and listening to Miss fucking Kasha. She is a YouTube queen. She not only does some of the back end things you see at grassroots, all the beautiful graphics and design and our YouTube channel, but what you don't know about Kasha, Kasha has her own YouTube channel, which is doing fantastically well with like what, 70 something thousand plus subscribers. She's got sponsorships. She's got basically YouTube as a full-time career. And this is what I started teasing at. She is the woman, the myth, the legend behind fucking Larry Crone's viral YouTube page. So Larry, sending you love. Hopefully we'll be talking soon on here. But Kasha, welcome. Kasha's going to talk all about how to have an actual effective YouTube channel. And when we talk about effective YouTube channels, it's just a part of your overall marketing strategy. But what we see is so many people fucking it up, especially dog trainers and dog walkers. And listen, guys, listen, it's okay. I've done that shit myself years ago, years ago. So Kasha, Kasha, welcome. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) How would, how'd you like your introduction there, Kasha? That was, that was very fancy. I feel it was fancy. fancy right now. Mm. Well, you are, <laughs> you are a fancy, bougie fish woman with the banana dog. Yes, you may hear her do a little bark here and there. It might it's all good. So, Kasha, where are you based? So, I am in the Chicagoland area. Started in Chicago, now kind of moving out to the suburbs. It's nice and quiet. Not a lot of um, gunshots and ambulances <laughs> like I'm usually used to. I'm kind of enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're also too, do let the audience know, you're first generation um, from Poland in America, right? Yep. I immigrated when I was seven years old. Came from Poland. Nice, nice. Paisan. Well, that means friend in Italian, even though I'm not, I don't even know what the fuck I am because I'm adopted. So anyway, so Kasha, tell everybody, how long have you been in the business of YouTube 
and pets. Oh my goodness. It's I'm going on my 10th year at this point. I'm one of those like OG YouTubers, the old ones, because back in my day, I started <laughs> off when in your rocking chair, was a wee small <laughs> platform. I've been doing this for, for a super, super long time. Um, I actually at one point kind of killed my channel and had to spend a lot of time reviving it. And that was a very painful, but an amazing like learning opportunity mm-hmm. to like bring a channel back from the dead because that happened to me. And I've also been lurking a lot in the dog training like industry. Mm-hmm. It kind of started out with um, just hanging out in dog groups like because I have my border calling. I just wanted to train her. So I joined some groups and oh my gosh, it spread from there. And I was, I've been kind of following along, even though I'm not a dog trainer, I've been kind of like getting kind of knee deep in there. Mm, yeah. And, and what's your, you guys? <laughs> yeah, well, fuck yeah. You're the best. You're the best person in the world. We love you so much at grassroots and super quick. I know we'll put this in the show notes. What's the name of your, your YouTube channel so people can check you out at some point. Creative pet keeping. Um, it's actually there's a super funny story behind it. Back in the day when you had to start out YouTube, you couldn't do it with a Google account. So you actually have to make a YouTube account. And I wanted creative pet care because it sounded nice, but someone Mm -hmm. already had that screen name taken. So you have to have a unique screen name. So I thought about fish keeping. So I kind of combined it into creative pet keeping. And now it's there forever. <laughs> it's all there. It's all there. And by the way, I'm not a fish person, but sometimes I'll go and watch Kasha's videos, especially her little angry fish. Cause she's got these two little angry fish that just attack people. And it's so fucking fascinating. And I'm a dog and a cat and a horse person. So I'm like fascinated by her murder fish. Oh yeah. Lamprologus ocelotus gold. They're the cleanest, <laughs> tiniest little demons, but they're, they're awesome little shell dwellers. I love them. I love their attitude too. So Kasha, what would you say is your superpower? Hmm. Well, one, I guess is my endless optimism. You know, I, I'm, I'm the kind of person who like the bur- building will be like burning down and I'll be like, let's find a positive in this situation. <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> <laughs> and then lurking. I think lurking is a very like, um, scale that doesn't really get enough attention. And, mm. and that is the ability to observe and just watch online without really saying or engaging. Because as soon as you start engaging and debating and sharing your ideas, you become so caught up in trying to prove your point or trying to share what you want to say that you're not really paying attention to what's happening as well. Which in, in reality, in people, like when it comes to meeting people face to face, I actually suck at this. I have a horrible listening skill. Like I get excited and I want to talk to people. I don't listen as well. But online, I can do it. So I can watch and observe. And when you watch and observe online, you start to pick up trends and you start to see patterns over time. And you pick up little things that you wouldn't notice before. So just like, just watch and lurk. Don't always comment. You know, it's really funny. So for the listeners out there that are always in the Facebook groups, bashing different people or getting into fights and stuff like that, Kasha, sometimes on behalf of grassroots, will screenshot that and be like, don't let these people in the grassroots. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, they're, they're mean. They're so mean. Look at this psycho person. Like she literally just sent me a screenshot. She's like, look at this psycho person. If they ever come across in your list, don't call them. <laughs> yeah, because some people are just mean, like for the sake of mean, like they will, I, if I see someone continuously like belittling people at this point, I realize that like, you're not here to like help or educate or change someone. You're just here to like bully. Mm. And I don't like that. I don't like bullies. I'm, 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 I'm like, bullies are a no. 
Yeah. Well, also too, Kasha, I think you, you nailed it. It's like being able to sit back and just observe allows you to track those patterns. And I feel like that's a lost skill because like a lot of times when we go online, we go online to connect, fight, do whatever. But from the sense of you come from the sense of you just like observing and not reacting, you're literally able to see patterns that nobody else is able to see. And that skill for us as an organization too, as grassroots, because you know, you're part of grassroots, we can see what the fuck is actually going on in the market versus like, oh, this person is starting this drama or this thing or this thing like that. It's such a powerful skill. So it's awesome. Thank you. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, yay. You're like doing the thing with your face. Like, yay. So Kasha, what's the last thing you have accomplished that made you so fucking proud? Um, surprisingly, I think it's overcoming burnout. Ooh. I did that because I've been doing, I've been working on YouTube for so long. And at one point I tried doing too much. I started doing multiple channels at once and I was putting out full edited videos, like five videos a week. So like filming, editing, doing thumbnails, you know, research analytics from just for my channel alone, five videos a week. And I burned out really mm-hmm. bad. And then I stopped, but I never... I stopped doing all the extra videos. I slowed down, but I never addressed the burnout. I just kept going. Mm. So it like never fixed the problem. I never addressed, I never acknowledged that I was burning out. I never acknowledged my like unhealthy relationships with work where, you know, I was replying to comments at like one in the morning. Oh my God. Like I never took a break. That's my problem. I do YouTube like 24 seven and that's not healthy. I know like a lot of dog trainers will have, you know, problems with, overworking and burning out because they do too much and there's no boundaries. I'm, I'm suffering with like internet YouTube stuff with that. So now I'm kind of working on it. We're working on it. It's better. I'm feeling better about YouTube. And I noticed that my videos have actually been doing better because people can tell when mm. you're having a hard time, you're not yourself a hundred percent. People get to know you over time and you can hide it as much as you can and try, but people can really see it. And when you were like, you're, you're living your best life and you're, you're, you're doing your best work and you're feeling great. Like people can pick up on that as well. See, look at you. Look at that. You're already a freaking opt, uh, like, what'd you call yourself? Um, an optimist. You are like, yeah, look, see, like I burnt the fuck out. You know, YouTube's my full-time job. I almost burned it down, but yeah, I, wanted I learned. To quit. I wanted to quit so bad. I, want, I learned a lesson. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's awesome. So Kasha, what's your favorite quote? Um, If you can't accept something, change it. If you can't change it, accept it. Ooh, I like that. Is there any reason why that's your favorite quote? Um, It's because I think nowadays we try so hard to change everybody around us and get Mm. everyone on the same page or or to to view things as we view things or do things the same way. And especially in the fish keeping hobby, I do things a certain way with my fish and I have my opinions on how you should keep fish. And back in the day, I used to get like frustrated. I used to get angry when people did it, what I would consider the wrong way. Mm. And this quote kind of helped me like accept it and be like, hey, you know, if you can't change it, just let it go. Like it's a thing. Like people will do things their way. You can't control how everyone treats their fish. What I can do is put out content for people and try to educate them to the best of my ability. And it is up to them to make the choice whether they would like to follow um, what I suggest or maybe follow what someone else is suggesting or, you know, don't do it. And if they don't do it, like there's nothing, I can't force them. 
And I think people in the dog training uh, industry kind of suffer with a similar problem with like the dog training sides. Like they really want to uh, get people kind of on their team. And mm-hmm. when that doesn't happen, people get really frustrated. I've seen people like spend hours writing paragraphs and paragraphs and debating with people only for it to just go in circles and then both sides don't go anywhere. And it just mm. makes a waste of time. You're very frustrated. So this quote was actually by another uh, YouTuber, Molly, and she actually lost her eyesight. And that was one of the quotes that kind of helped her. Like, you know, you, you can't change the fact that, you know, she was losing her eyesight. She was just mm-hmm. like, well, I'm just going to accept it then. Because she could have been like really angry about it or she could just make the most out of it. And even though she is now blind, legally blind, she actually has a YouTube channel. and makes Wow. It wow. People, wow. It's really cool. Because she doesn't let her like, you know, disability stop her again in a way. Fuck yeah. That's awesome. Shit. <laughs> that's awesome. And that's such a good quote for a lot of people that are listening to remember. So, Kash, I want to start digging in, digging into opportunities in YouTube and most of the listeners that are, are, are tuning in right now, the majority of these guys are dog trainers, uh, pack walkers, the people that walk lots of packs, um, some of the pack hikers, off leash peeps, and just regular dog walkers and pet sitters. So I want to start to talk about, because I feel like a lot of strategy, digital strategy for marketing and stuff like that, there's so much stuff piecemeal together with where people should go and how they should present their content, their digital content, meaning where they show up online. That could be in YouTube, which we're going to talk about today, or Instagram or Facebook, or even fucking TikTok at this point. But I want to talk a little, and I want your expertise, and I want everybody to listen carefully to Kasha, because again, she is, this is her full-time job. Her full-time job is everything fucking YouTube analytic and strategy based wise. So I want to talk about the different opportunities out there. Some of the things that you see that are really fucking up today's like well-meeting dog trainer, like getting their messages out. And then how can we actually create something that people are going to get responses to? Because this is the thing I see a lot of people doing is they go, they piecemeal. And I, I did this shit myself years ago when we first had a dog training business. When God was YouTube around in 2010, like when we first started putting our stuff online, um, but I see a lot of people just putting content out there just to get like, just to overall spread that, that digital footprint. So I want to chat about that because I feel like there with any platform, there's going to be need to be strategy. So Kasha, super quick out of the gate, what are some of the top mistakes that you see most dog trainers, dog walkers, or anybody in the pet dog training industry do when they start to use YouTube as a platform for their business? Okay, let's see. Um, I guess the first most important one is there isn't any real planning or research that goes into it. Mm -hmm. Uh, YouTube is a platform for entertainers and educators, but it's also a platform for people to host their videos privately. And the algorithm has to figure out, is this your personal account where you're just posting videos for yourself or to host on your website or to share to your aunt and your grandma? Or are you making videos to be consumed by a mass audience? Mm. So to, you have to help the ar- algorithm figure it out because it's, you know, it's still ever learning. And you have to start to plan and do some basic research for your channel. You have to figure out who you're making your videos for. You have to figure out why, what is the point? Because if you don't even know the why, like if your only why is, well, to get clients, well, that's not going to get you very far because YouTube you know, 
shows videos to everybody. You can have people in India watch your videos. Is someone in India going to become your client? Do you have a way to make this actual thing? So you have to start watching uh, tutorials on YouTube. So start if, with YouTube on YouTube, I guess. Watch. There's so many channels out there that teach people how to be a YouTuber, to teach you about the basics of the algorithm. And you have to have like at least a rudimentary understanding and learn how to start to research things online so you can know which topics you should start talking about or what people want to see. Yeah. Well, that's... Can we back up to that? Because... There's this thing of where I see a lot of business owners, not even in the dog industry, but entrepreneurs as a whole. It's like there is your messaging and your content that people, your prospective audience, your audience want to see versus what you want to show them. Oh, man. Oh, I struggle with that so hard on my channel. So (laughs) I'm going to use my example as me, my mess ups. Um, When I started my channel, it was all about my pets for the most part. I did guinea pigs and bunny and I made videos about my uh, cats and my dog and my fish. What happened is people started to watch my fish videos more because at the time on YouTube, the fish keeping niche was quite small. So there weren't that many channels out there. So the videos I did make about fish had a much greater chance of being watched. And then what happened is people started subscribing to my channel because they liked that particular fish video. So then they come back to my channel for a new video and then they see like bananas talking dog show where I did a voiceover and she was talking and it was kind of like made for kids. And they're like, what is this? I subscribed because you were, you know, showing giving me a tutorial on how to set up a 20 gallon tank. And now here's a talking dog. And I kept at it. I kept making like banana adventure videos and this and that, even though my highest views and my highest subscribe subscribers came from my fish videos. Because I wanted to make banana videos because I love my dog and I think she's cute and I want the world to like enjoy her cuteness. So I kept doing it instead of, and I kept ignoring, even though the analytics were like slapping me in the face and being like, Kasha, make fish videos for people. And then finally, I had another YouTuber um, who, you know, had a, like a, a, you know, outside perspective, like look at my channel and tell me like, hey, stop making dog videos completely stop it just make fish videos because that's what people want to see and as soon as I did that my views and my subscriber count started going up like triple the amount so I was actually killing my channel because I wasn't listening because I was making stuff that like was really fun for me and I was thinking about me I wasn't thinking about my audience yeah fuck. And it happens a lot a lot of people with with dog trainers they just make content for them or they'll make a content for their one client. So they'll film a training session of one dog. There's like no context to like who this dog is. Why is this dog on the video? What's happening? Obviously the owner of the dog knows. So it's made for the owner. But if I randomly stumbled upon this video, I have no clue what's going on. So I'm not getting any value from this video. Yeah. Fuck. It's like, if you want to pick one or the other. So I feel like that's what I hear you saying. It's like, okay, if you want to do self-serving content, meaning entertainment for yourself, something to do as a hobby versus actually using platform for uh, using YouTube as a platform for prospect engagement and lead nurturing and, and engagement around that and potentially having opportunities and sponsors, you have to focus on what the fuck your people wanted. You want, they want to hear it from is. you versus, versus what you're trying to show off self-serving or if you're trying to just like make noise, just to make noise. Is that right? Mm-hmm. 
Yep. The analytics, they tell all, they tell you all the secrets. You just got to look and Damn. see. What's another mistake that you see a lot of dog walkers, dog trainers doing on YouTube? Um, no consistency in their content. Ooh, can you get, can you talk about that? Can we de- dive deep into it? Cause I'm all about consistency. Yeah. So even, even with your podcast, like you've been, you regularly put out a podcast. So your mm-hmm. viewers can, you know, expect something on a kind of regular schedule. Like you guys are listening to this right now and you roughly know when she's going to make another one, mm-hmm. give or take, right? Mm-hmm. What, ha- what would you do if, if Kristen just dropped like five podcasts in the next hour, one after the other, and then disappeared for like five months. You would be like confused. You would come <laughs> she existed because who's going to keep like, you know, five, eight months later, you're like, Hmm, I wonder if this one person out of the thousands of other people. And I see on social media is still posting stuff. Let me check. Mm-hmm. Like you have to be very regular with your content. Don't, throw too much at people at once because people do have a like limited amount of free time that they can spend to watch stuff, to consume content. So be mindful of that, of their time because their time is is valuable. Mm -hmm. So you don't want to take too much of it, but at the same time, you want them to be able to expect something regularly. So because they take the time to follow you and are engaged, they get rewarded by getting, the content it, it, it's you know like rewarding your dog <laughs> you want to make sure they're they're getting something consistently you want to be consistent with your dog tra- with your dog that you're training you want to be consistent with your content because the content itself is kind of rewarding to your biggest fans like they enjoy it, it brings them happiness it's like the mm-hmm. treat so you want to be able to make sure that it's going to regularly come I mean, obviously you can, there's little tiny breaks here and there, and that's totally fine if you don't make something for like a week or two. But the ideal, in my opinion, a video schedule would be one to two videos a week and preferably on the same days and even better if you can do it on the same time. So people know like when to find your content. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Because it's like, I, I also agree too. We always have like whenever I do a podcast, like I'm always mindful of my audience's listening time to me because this is like for me to go and have somebody listen to play this that's listening right now. I'm always like, guys, thank you so much for listening. I'm truly honored because to me as a content producer and to you also to uh, Kasha as a content producer, we know our audience, they have lives outside of whatever platform they're listening to us on. So it's like, we always have to be super mindful, but also not to create something called, and this is something that I see a lot. And I don't know if I, I talked, I might've talked to you about this in one time around pl- uh, platform fatigue. It's like where people just bum rush the fuck out of content. Now, depending on like, if you're launching something, like I get that there's a strategy behind that. However, it's like when you bum rush and you consistently just do po- like, if you do like 20, 20 new, uh, I'm just going to use YouTube videos in a day. And it's like, okay, you're getting that going, you're getting that going, you're getting that going. And then all of a sudden you drop off from the face of the earth. It's like, what the fuck happened? And to me, what that signal, like when I see that, like when I see somebody do something like that, even if it's a, with a podcast or even if it's a Facebook page, I see it more as like, oh, they're just using this to drum a business versus actually delivering a consistent message and actually care, giving a fuck about their audience. That's what I see it as. Yeah. You're not giving people value. I, I think you, you got to give big, you'll get big. Mm-hmm. But so not give I, it all away for free. I'm going to put that caveat in there. <laughs> that's uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. That, it's, it's kind of tricky. 
yeah. uh, to kind of like find the fine line that mm-hmm. you're, you're giving them enough information that is helpful, but not too much because at some point they, they do need your services. I mean, mm-hmm. for a reason, and there's, there's only so much a, a client can do without, you know, the training and the years of expertise that like you have, for example, as the, you know, dog trainer or dog walker or dog groomer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you have any other mistakes that you see people making that people can avoid that are listening to this? Um, I think it's not realizing how much work goes into creating content. So a lot of people get really excited and they're like, yeah, cool. Yeah, I'm totally going to do YouTube because YouTube on the outside looks very easy. <laughs> um, it just looks like people are like randomly throwing out videos out there and they're like making, getting a tons of views and making a ton of money and it's making it rain and it's so easy, no problem. But you have to plan your content. You have to record it. You have to edit it. You have to edit it well, because if you, you can make have the best video ever. And it's, if it's edited poorly, like people are not going to enjoy it. You have to tell a good story. You don't have, it doesn't have to be fancy. Granted, you know, you don't have to have fancy equipment. You don't have to have like super amazing editing skills. It could be like a one take if you have a very good story and a clear message, mm-hmm. but it's still regular work. And, and people don't realize that in a way it's like you're adding a second job to your current job. And if you are struggling with the, your current business, adding like a second thing can actually take away from what you're doing as your core, like money earner, because for, it takes a, it takes a lot to, build up YouTube. So YouTube starts to become profitable. Mm. Um, So you have to be ready and you also have to be prepared to possibly spend money on YouTube to reinvest, to maybe hire an editor or hire someone to do your thumbnails for you because maybe you don't know how to use Photoshop or video editors. Uh, Maybe you need some help with that. Maybe you need someone to be your camera person to help film for you. It's like that goes back into the planning and research, just kind of like really look into what it takes to do YouTube. And there's tons of channels out there that show you the behind the scenes. And this will kind of prepare you a little better. It's, it's like with anything, you can't just step into a car and start driving it without learning how to drive. Mm-hmm. So with YouTube, you have to learn a bit about it. I mean, there are some people that went viral and blew up, mm-hmm. but those are like one in a million kind of people. And we can't assume that that's going to happen to us for everyone else. It's a lot of work and it's kind of a bit of a grind, but I think it's also really rewarding because you have a platform and you have a place to share your ideas to help people make connections with people and, Mm. you know, find clients as well. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. So this is, yeah, this is, this is super. I'm glad you're talking about this because like you see, like, and I love Larry, I respect him, but it's like, there has been a lot of, hundreds of hours you put into his channel right kasha yeah and he, luckily he has a cool thing where he keeps it fairly simple mm-hmm. um he doesn't do any fancy editing to his he just does usually a lot of one shots but mm-hmm. he's very well versed in telling a story or yes. explaining things to people so he can have someone sit through a simple video where he's just sitting in the car and mm-hmm. talking. he built up uh, his audience, like he gathered an audience of people that understand him and care enough that they will mm-hmm. do it and they appreciate the content. It works really well. And I actually help him with his thumbnails. And even though I, I would like to say that I think I have pretty good Photoshop skills and I can make really fancy thumbnails for him, I specifically mm-hmm. make the, his thumbnails really simple 
because what that does is it um, sets the expectation kind of a little lower. So when people see it, they don't expect like a really fancy edited video. Mm. They expect a simpler video, which it is, but he hits it. He does it so well in the simplicity that he does. And he's Mm -hmm. been so determined and kept doing this for so long. I mean, his channel is not new. He didn't start yesterday. He's been doing this for years. Mm -hmm. It took him a while to like really build it up. And then once I started going in there and tweaking things and helping with thumbnails, like it just took off from there. But at the core was already doing very well because he was so open to like learning and improving. Yep. Yeah. So this is something, and I know I wasn't planning on talking about this, so I'm going to throw this one out there, a wild one out there. So what I, and you know, with any platform, whether it's YouTube, whether it's podcasts, whether it's Facebook, whether it's Instagram or whatever, I, and this is something, and I get it because I know a lot of dog business owners are really short on time and it's hard for them to sit down and really study and, and analyze like where their people are showing up and getting your message right. So this is no judgment if anybody who's listening has done this, but what I see people doing a lot of time is taking really, really shitty shortcuts, meaning buying likes, buying follows, buying comments on all different platforms. And, you know, Kasha can explain it in a little bit more detail about how that, you know, can actually, I don't want to use the word shadow ban because like, that's like kind of like one of those unofficial words, but like, if you want to really build an engaged following, like on any platform, you have to do it the organic way, the one, the way that Kosh is talking about. And like, I see this all the time. Like I see these and I'm, I'm more on Instagram. Like I'm not an Instagram person. Like I know the basic strategy behind it and I have an Instagram mentor, but like, I see some of these counts and I see this on YouTube too. And I know people are buying this shit. I'm like, this is so bad. So it's like, you can have like a hundred thousand followers okay, cool. Your hundred thousand followers on Instagram or, or YouTube. However, I might have 300, but I can actually tell you my conversion rate and how, what percentage of my people are engaged. And because I have that amount of people engaged and I care about my audience, my messaging, like my shit gets shown in front of more people versus kind of just like doing the quantity massing. Do you see people, is that a thing on YouTube, Kasha? Like I, I see that in Instagram a lot. Facebook used to do that too, but they don't do it anymore. Uh, YouTube is getting better at picking it up so the okay. algorithm catches onto it and what people will get banned their channel will get deleted mm-hmm. they, they buy viewers and it hurts their analytics so much yep. because now youtube is looking at every metric so in, in my case for example i have an old old channel my channel is going out to 10 years now so i have what's called legacy subscribers so these are old accounts that subscribed like eight seven six years ago mm-hmm. and might not either be using the youtube platform or maybe they made a new account or um they don't just no longer watch my stuff anymore so even though i have seventy thousand subscribers realistically currently at the moment i have about thirty thousand active Mm. Uh, subscribers and that shows in my analytics and in a way that kind of hurts me a little bit and it's something I have to work extra to push out of it because YouTube you know will show your videos to a specific amount of people and they will look at the click-through rate that will see how many subscribers are clicking on stuff and if Um. you have a lot of subscribers they're not clicking on anything that hurts you that's also um have you ever hear people say like follow for follow or like for like or if yep. you subscribe to my i subscribe to you yep don't do that that's the worst thing you can do because let's say you subscribe to 50 of your friends 
Mm -hmm. you don't really watch any of their videos, but you just subscribe to subscribe to help them because they asked you to. Mm -hmm. Well, YouTube is showing all those 50 people, the videos in the subscription box. Those 50 people are not clicking to watch the videos. YouTube is like, hmm, clearly the people that are subscribing are not clicking or interested in the videos, which means the video is not very good. Uh... You just like kicked yourself in the butt. (laughs) (laughs) By doing that. And it's also like, if you have friends, don't subscribe to people. If you're not going to watch, you're actually going to hurt their content. That's why I watch your videos. Only follow people you care about and that you want to engage in. I think Mm, that's, that's really fucking good. And that goes like across all platforms. Cause I know, um, uh, YouTube's owned by Google, right? Kasha. Yep. Okay. Yep. Sweet. Yeah. That, that thing of like follow to follow or whatever. And it's like, no guys, like, I feel like vanity metrics get so many people into hot water and it's like at the same time it's like vanity metric likes and follows they don't they don't pay the fucking bills you don't get cash from they they usually don't convert and I'm saying if you're spending money on like a hundred dollars to buy a hundred followers or a hundred likes or a hundred comments or whatever guys reinvest that money back into you know somebody like Kasha that could actually create a, a thumbnail that would convert maybe three people into highly engaged uh, followers and audience that potentially convert into one high paid client. So I'm just saying there. You want um, those super fans? Yeah, super fans. I, I don't know if Akasha, have you ever read the book um Super Fans by Pat Flynn? No, but I've heard someone give a talk about super fans before and the like the value of like having like I think they were saying like you'd rather have a hundred what dedicated people mm-hmm. than like a thousand people that are like eh. Oh yeah, totally. Next time you come here, when you come to support us, I'm going to totally gift you that book. So I have it. And I love it. It's actually right here in front of me. And I just finished re- reading it. I was like, Oh, this is really good. Cause your super, your super fans are the people that are going to go up to bat to you. There's trolls. They're going to share your shit. They're going to keep engaging in your shit and they're going to keep sharing your stuff amongst all different platforms too, as well. Larry has so many of those. He, yeah. So he's got super fans. Dog training Facebook pages. I see it all the time in the group. Someone is like asking questions about e-commerce. Callers. They're like Larry. Who are you gonna share? Larry. Larry's. It's like who are you gonna call Ghostbusters instead of like Larry. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Anything. You anywhere with e-collar shit. Like if anybody posts something about e-collar, it's like no. Get Larry's book. It's nine bucks, or go watch his YouTube and get a really good education on e-collar stuff. Those are his <laughs> super fans pushing because they believe yeah. in the message and they believe mm-hmm. that the content that he's putting out is as valuable and helpful and they're scared that someone's going to like watch someone else's e-collar video. Maybe they're not like, I'm not too sure about that, but this guy, I can get behind him mm-hmm. and because of that. They always push and they share his stuff. So now at this point, like Larry doesn't really have to share his own stuff anymore. <laughs> <People> <laughs> that's him. Yeah. That's the, the fucking content point. you want. You yeah. want the content that people will share. Yes, totally. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Because Larry knows his fucking audience. That's mm-hmm. another thing, like you said before. Well, so, we also research. I did a lot of research. Yeah, you did. You do a <laughs> fuck ton of research behind all this. She's a freaking little research geek. And she gets super goo. She gets, she's got so many tools up her, up her sleeve, Kasha. It's, oh my God, she geeks out on it. And like, I, she helps me geek out on stuff too, because I love data as well. Um, super quick. So we talk about like YouTube, there's a lot of dog trainers out there on it. There's a lot of pack walkers and dog walkers out there. And I feel like YouTube is another one of those platforms where there's an oversaturation of mediocrity. Okay. I'm just going to say that there's an oversaturation of mediocrity. And I see, I see a lot of people and I, cause I have a lot of dog trainer quote unquote friends on face, Facebook, people add me and stuff. 
And I see them sharing multiple, 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 multiple videos that they're uploading a day when they first start their YouTube. Is that bad? Like, cause it looks spammy to me, but this is just from my perspective. Well, it, for starters, yes, it is pretty spammy, but also if you go back to research, you would know that Facebook are um, competitors. So, um, it was I was muted. Was I muted? No, you're not muted. You're good. Okay, good, cool, cool. Just double checking. But so, Facebook and YouTube are competitors because YouTube has its own. I mean, Facebook has its own video that it wants to promote. So, when you're sharing your videos on Facebook. Facebook is actually going to suppress that and show that to less people. And the more YouTube links you're going to share, the more it's going to start suppressing you. So you have to be clever about how you share your content by creating Facebook-only content that gets people hooked and interested in the fact that you have more on your channel so they'll want to actually physically migrate over to your YouTube. Ah, so for me, if you want to give a free tip to everybody, if you want to give just a tip to everybody, like what would that look like? Um, what I would do is I would pick a juicy and like interesting clip of your YouTube video that kind of gets people hooked and cut that out, edit that and put that on Facebook, upload that like natively to Facebook and then add another clip to it, you know, when you upload the video at the end, like for more, uh, if you want to see the rest or see the outcome or see like, is Fido going to get over his like uh, reactivity? Check out my YouTube channel where I go over, you know, tips and tricks for reactive little dogs and this and that, because this is my name this is my business. And I'll see you in my channel. Like something, I don't know, very short, mm. but gives people some context gets them interested, gives them a couple more reasons, like instead of not only that clip, but, oh, there's other cool stuff that I might want to see on the channel. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll go check it out. Fuck yeah. build hype. Like, the biggest thing that you can do is build hype. If you uh, watch anything on YouTube, you know, you've probably heard of Shane Dawson and his docu-series, documentaries, because he's like, his stuff always goes viral. He always builds hype. He doesn't just drop a video. He has trailers that he makes. For oh, shit. He like will, he'll tease stuff on social media. So you can tease things and really get people excited. I did that for my betta fish breeding series. It was just a series about me breeding two domestic bettas and then showing how I raised them as little babies. Like in itself, this could be like a not fancy, boring thing, but I build up hype. I got people excited. I showed them the fish I was going to breed. I kept talking about it. And then finally, when it happened, I had a, a pretty good, following like ready they're ready and waiting they were like yeah we want to see this happen oh shit excited because you have to be excited about your content like if you have videos that you can't get people excited and hyped up about then you should like really think about your content like is is there something like you can prove are should you be making videos if you can't even get excited about it like can Mm. you get the ability that's your next door neighbor that like never owned a dog can you get her to watch one of your videos and sit through it and enjoy it you know she's not into dogs huh ah. that's interesting yeah you know what i call that i call that basic bitch content like when people put no heart and soul behind it so like i see a lot of people say oh you got to send newsletters out to your email list or you got to do this or a new new newsletter and you try to hype that but behind it like you said there's like same thing with youtube channels and instagram stuff 
you can see, you can always feel from a strategic standpoint and your, your consumers of your content, your prospective audience, your audience, your prospective clients can see that there's no heart and soul behind it when you're just like, okay, so this is Sadie. She's learning sit and place and paw. Good. Uh, you know, mark the behavior and then do that. Or, you know, one thing is too, it's like, I was just talking, I was, just, <laughs> I was talking to a franchise owner yesterday. He owns a franchise in um, Westchester, New York. And we were talking about content because he actually had a marketing background and he's like, you know, my content starting to dry up and we were talking about it and we started talking about other, you know, other avenues where we could start, you know, building hype, you know, building his brand awareness around it. Cause I believe it's a great area to brand awareness is, is almost everything at this point to me. And I was like, okay, cool. Tell me what you're doing. And he's like, yeah, you know, a lot of us, what we do and we promote these as ads on Facebook and YouTube and Instagram is like me walking a dog off leash in a crowded area. I'm like, cool. Yeah, you're walking a dog off leash. Congratulations. Would you like a cookie? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's like, it, it, there's nothing behind the context of it. It's like, all right, cool. Yeah, the dog might have been an asshole before. You can do the before and after video. But when it's like there's no heart and soul and you're just kind of doing it again for self-serving purposes, we're not looking at, and I'm not even saying that self-serving purposes, don't quote me on that. But when you don't have that story behind it, like how, you know, Larry's really, you know, honed in the power of storytelling. I fancy myself as a storyteller. But when you don't have that storytelling aspect of it, like it doesn't mean shit. It's like, all right, cool. You're, you're German Shepherd's off leash in Starbucks or Apple store. Like we see that shit every day, like where I live. It's like, okay, cool, cool. What else? Tell me the fucking story behind it. I want to see your face. I want you to tell it from the bottom of your, your heart. Now, I don't mean to go fucking sit there and cry and do a whole thing about it, but fucking engage your audience. Don't be basic with your content. Basic is lazy. And la- if you are being lazy to your audience, like, and granted too, okay, I'm going to go down a little rant right here. Like now and then I will take strategic breaks in the podcast. It might be two or three weeks, but usually I'm traveling or something going on and I usually have Kasha working on something. But don't fucking put together content just to put together content. That shit just fucking pisses me off to no end. Like I can sniff it out like a fucking dog smelling, like a melanol smelling fucking weed or something <laughs> like that. It just, it's some, and I have such, I have, Kasha, you know me, I'm such a perfectionist with shit. Like I, I just can sniff that stuff out a million, inauthenticity. I smell that shit miles away. Anyway, that's my rant. I'm done. Kasha, back to you. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, do you have any other tips to help people stand out like in the world of YouTube? Um, one thing that I noticed, and this was like through working predominantly with Larry, because what I, what's so great about Larry is he just lets me do whatever. Like I can play and experiment and change mm-hmm. thumbnails and change titles. And like, he's just, he, some people like are really clingy with their content and they're like, oh, this is my way. And like, you can't mm-hmm. change it because I love it. And it's mine. And he's like, I like it. By um, the way, that's, that's you know me. this better than me. So here, just do whatever. And I'm like, yay. So I finally started figuring out that people, when they look up dog content, they look up content based on breeds. Oh shit. So, if you make like seven videos about teaching something to a German shepherd, and then you make the same seven videos about a doodle, and then the same seven videos about a Rottweiler, all those videos are going to do well because people are searching for the specific breeds. But if you make seven videos and they're all with your Malinois or just your border collie, 
and that's mm-hmm. it. You never repeat it. The person who has the little multi-poo sees your Malinois doing backflips and is like, well, I, that doesn't relate to me. Or your you know, Malinois is off leash and they're like and healing and being all fancy. And you're like, well, my little pug, you know, I don't think I can make my pug heal like that big fancy dog right there. People want to see their breeds doing the behaviors they want they want because then they believe that it's possible and they then they believe that you understand them because you understand their breed mm-hmm. probably the specific struggles because i do know like different breeds kind of have their little like reputations for like being unique like i know like dachshunds like to like burrow under blankets and mm-hmm. first i used to see it online and then i got the pets a dachshund and i got to experience all the dachshund stereotypes and i was like oh my god it's real <laughs> <laughs> it's and a now, real thing <laughs> yeah so so start being like really specific with your niche don't make like super generic videos where mm-hmm. you're showing off everything with your demo dog border collie who already knows everything anyways and like you blink at it and it's like doing backflips because you're <laughs> so excited to like do everything mm-hmm. like, document and and film not only the stories of training uh the dog the specific dogs that you're training but also share the stories the struggles like people want to know that other people are having problems too and don't like do it in like a uh, belittle the uh, person that you're working with kind of way. Mm-hmm. I see that a lot too, where, you know, people will make the dog owner feel really bad because all mm-hmm. they did wrong or, or they're not doing this right or blah, 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 blah. Like don't guilt them into it. Be like, okay, you have this problem. It's okay. I understand like why this happened is because you didn't know. And that's okay. Most people don't know you guys watching might not know this too. And we're going to work through this today and show you how we solve this problem and how you can apply this to your own dog because we can all solve this together. Like very mm-hmm. positive, like empower people. Oh God. Yeah. God, fuck. Dog, dog trainers. Listen, this is something else too. I see. Don't shame. is not a form of education. Like we have to remember to like dog owners, the average dog owner doesn't have that level of intel, not intelligence, but education and knowledge and overall awareness around the dog. And I see so many, this is a whole other conversation I want to have one day. Um, but I, I see people using shame as education and it doesn't go that way. It doesn't help. It does not fucking help. And if you're shaming people, you're shaming your dog owners. If you're on Facebook, shaming people, Kasha will report that fucking shit back to me and I will fucking blacklist you so quickly. <laughs> you know, that's why, um, Caesar Milan blew up. I, yeah. I hundred percent. I know a lot of people are like, Oh, I don't like Caesar Milan, blah, blah, blah. But like really look at his show. He always focuses on the human and helping the humans. So yeah, like insecure or having issues, he's gonna be like, "Well, let me talk you through walking in a like a really confident way. Let's boost your confidence. Let's talk mm-hmm. to you about your problems." And it so the so the owners that are watching the show, they're like, "Okay, I see this psychotic dog acting crazy." At the end of the episode, I guess the problem looks fixed, so that gives me hope. Plus, this guy's like really nice to the owners and is yep. like really helpful in empowering them. And that's what people are like. The average dog owner. And like, yeah, yep. all about this. And yeah. that's why he blew up. Mm-hmm. I, yep. Yep. What, say what you want about his training methodology, but the reason why he blew up, because he, and also too, I've had, I have had the opportunity to meet and actually work with Caesar. Um, he's generally like deep down at a soul level. He's a really fucking cool dude. Like he's a very cool, humble, soulful dude. And he is 
so com- I think I feel like he has this this balance of being committed to both the owner and the dog at such a micro level and you can see why and he's a great showman like he is a fantastic showman again don't fucking sell, send me yelling about Caesar like whatever like there's stuff there is stuff that that it's proven not to work but deep down he is a generally nice dude like also too like duke ferguson duke ferguson is a very nice dude like you see duke and people are like oh you know whatever he deserves all the recognition he has because he's a generally a nice deep-hearted deep-souled guy too as well so those are my my little circle jerks for two guys in the industry i'm just (laughs) gonna say that really quickly yes there should be more female influential dog trainers get out there bitches but i'm just saying these, these people are generally nice and the average dog owner connects with them so much look at larry look how larry did his book you know that's it's the fucking bible of e-collar training for the average fucking dog owner anyway yeah. i'm going to stop i'm going to stop i'm going to shut the fuck up cuz this is your this is your spot um, <laughs> i could talk about this all day too um, yeah it is it is and it's like god if you're fucking you're on a high horse like i don't care about your training methodology but that type of that type of and Emily and I talked about that on one of the last podcasts. It's like, no, just be a nice person, listen, see what your fucking audience wants and listens from you and wants and consumes from you. You're gonna do better than 99% of people out there. I don't know. That's my thought. Yeah, good karma. People people will return it. They'll they'll like you. It's it's nice to try to be nice. Yeah. Well, be kind. Be kind. Yeah. yeah. Always be kind because that shit. It'll fuck you in the end. Um, so, Kasha, this has been so good. And I actually want to talk to you super quick, uh, a couple things. So talk to me really quickly about, like, I know I wasn't going to ask this, but I feel like this is a really important one, especially when we talk to the analytics and the analytical side of a platform and the algorithms. Are there certain benchmarks for metrics and key performance indicators that people should be tracking if they have a YouTube channel or they're looking to start a YouTube channel? This changes all the time. So just just keep that in mind that what I tell you uh, may not be a thing like six months from now. Just just get it. That's fine. But it is January, 2020 (laughs) at the moment. YouTube is prioritizing watch time. Okay. So what they care about is how long people are viewing your videos, how much they're spending on the platform, and is watching your video leading people to watch other YouTube videos, whether it's from your channel or other people? Like, are you bringing them in the platform or are you um, leading them out? So if you make a video and you really push people to go to your website, the people watch the video and they click off to go to your website, YouTube knows that. And they're like, well, they're clicking off. <laughs> um, Who wants to? When you make videos, you want to encourage people to watch other videos and and make sure that you pay attention to your watch time because that will tell you when you're losing people. So yeah. if you're making a video and it got like a thousand views, but everyone is leaving after the first 30 seconds, mm-hmm. it's not a good video. That's not a successful video. That's a video that people just sit there for like 30 seconds and they're like, I can't sit. This is boring. Like Hmm. I'm done. You want to improve your watch time and the length that people are watching because that is a metric to let you know how good your content is. And it's very difficult to judge how good your content is because everyone for the most part likes to think that what they made is great. Mm -hmm. I like to think that the videos I make are good because I put a lot of time and effort into them, but that might not necessarily be the case. Mm -hmm. And what I might've added 
that I thought was interesting, someone could think is like rambling or boring and could mm-hmm. come off. And you have to learn and watch what's happening and you have to connect your videos together as well. So it's not like a one-off video. You want to create uh, a web of videos and another YouTuber friend that's right now on the rise, uh, his channel is really growing really well is another fish keeper called primetime aquatics. Um, I've been helping him grow. And then in turn, he's so into analytics. He's actually starting to help me in return and we bounce our, our data off of each other and it's super, super fun. But what he started doing is when he makes videos, he doesn't just make a video. He makes a video that will tie in to not only previous videos he made, but mm. future videos. So it mm. becomes a web and it sucks you into. So he'll talk about a fish topic and he'll mention fish that like he already made videos about in previous videos. So he's like, mm-hmm. well, if you want to see more about that fish, you can watch this and this. And then in the future, he'll make another video that will tie into that video. So you literally can sit there and spend hours watching his videos because they yep. all yeah thought into it and you can do that with your dog training like you can hook people in your dog training video so people are sitting there like binge watching your videos because they're Mm -hmm. all meaningfully connected versus Mm -hmm. just being like okay here's a random heel here i'm at the dog park Mm -hmm. um here the dog is in a crate somewhere else here i'm talking about something else completely like it's everything is so disconnected and people don't have the, the reason why. With Larry's videos, we try to tie them together. We try to make playlists. Mm-hmm. So it's easy to find categories. And the playlists mm-hmm. also help tell YouTube which videos to recommend next. Okay. You're literally telling it what goes together. Okay. So then it all kind of falls on like nicely into place. Yeah. What about the copy, the creative copy, AKA words that go into like video descriptions? Is that super important? Like, like for actually like for video description or the headline or whatever, like, is that super important when it comes to creating like really effective YouTube channels? Yes, because it forces you to look up keywords and do some research. Mm. You want a title, obviously, that has good keywords that's searchable. And then it goes from prior- most priority to least priority. So you don't want to put your most important keywords at the end of your title. You want mm-hmm. it at the beginning. So you actually have to put some thought into it. Um, tags are slowly starting to become less and less important because people for the longest time were trying to use tags to game the system. The Mm -hmm. original idea of tags was to just help the YouTube algorithm know where to place your content by putting other relevant topics with it. So it just kind of has figures out a little better and can learn, Mm -hmm. but people were trying to game it. Like one thing I used to see with dog trainers and there's plugins that you can use that are, a lot of them are free, like even TubeBuddy, Mm -hmm. um, allow you to see what tags people are using in their videos. And I would see like people make a video about teaching a client's dog to sit. And then in the tags, it's like Caesar Milan, Zach George. I see that. Stillwell. And And YouTube algorithm, it fell for that at the beginning. And it was a very short lived thing because the AI, it learns. And it learns quickly and it learns that that is incorrect information. So we're at a point where YouTube spends more time analyzing what we are saying because it's um, it, the way it transcribes texts, uh, text into uh, speech to text is getting a lot better. Mm-hmm. Through people making subtitles for their own videos in the way we were teaching the algorithm to learn and recognize speech better through that. 
So now it's looking at that. It's looking at what text is in the video itself. So it's reading the text that you're adding on. It's reading all around you. So if you have books behind you, it's reading that. If, if you're in a grocery store, it knows you're in a grocery store because it could see all the text. Mm. So nowadays, what you want to do is the information that you put in your title, your description, and your tags should be very informative stuff that helps the algorithm know where to place this video and to recommend it. And if it sees that these things click and they make sense, and then it, the position where it recommends the video or the people that it recommends to are correct, it will reward you by showing your video to more people. <laughs> yeah, fuck, yeah. Help it's the like, algorithm. The algorithm helps you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, don't do it self-servingly. Again, it's like, feed the algorithm, be nice to it, which Kosh has been giving you guys a lot of good stuff, like a lot of good tips here. So super quick, I, this is another random question I have off the top of my head. Since since YouTube and Google are, are babies, like they're in the same family, is... This is going to be such an uneducated question. Is there any tie back with like websites and SEOs and how YouTube shows up to as well? Like that might be not a question you can answer, but like, for example, if, and I see this a lot, I feel like dog trainers get a really hyper-focused on SEO, which, you know, and even it's super interesting too, because I've been, I've been learning about SEO for years and I'm not an SEO uh, expert by any means. It's just what I see and what I hear from experts and stuff is that like SEO is starting to prioritize to like actually having those conversations. Um, but is there any like connectivity between like website SEO and YouTube? Like, as I see people sometimes get, that was like the big thing back in 2013 was to game the system using kind of like having a website and also having a YouTube channel connected to that too as well. Well, YouTube predominantly gets happy anytime you get them on the platform. I mean, even uh, when you search for a topic, um, if you search or anything in Google, do you notice that it's YouTube videos that are popping up? You're not really, very rarely you'll see like a Venmo video. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. You won't see a Facebook video pop up. You'll see a YouTube video. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it'll do it that way. But to be honest with websites, I think you, you whatever you want to put, if, if you want to host your stuff on Venmo because it, it works better with your website, mm-hmm. at this point, I think you should prioritize anything that will help you get more business. Mm-hmm. So if you, if working with on YouTube or with YouTube isn't going to help you get more business, mm-hmm. but another platform will, mm-hmm. don't go with YouTube. Okay. All right. Sweet. Yeah. I was just wondering because I know like it used to be like one of those things like, Oh, if you want your, if you want your website to rank higher or like on the first page, make sure you have a YouTube page too. And you use geo geo tags or whatever, or something like that. Again, don't come, don't come screaming at me that I'm saying I'm an SEO expert. I am not by any means. I just, I see stuff and I notice trends. So that's why I wanted to ask like you. you websites are not, I'm not the most versed to websites. Yeah. So I'm like, I can't give you like an exact, exact. My most thing is like uh, YouTube and then a bit of the other platforms like Instagram, Facebook, mm-hmm. Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I observe all the platforms because I think yeah. it's very important to pay attention because how they um, change and grow will also affect other platforms as well. So mm-hmm. I can learn uh, interesting tactics on for YouTube by watching how Instagram is changing, for example. Yeah, 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 obvious. Yeah. 
So this is why Kasha Lurk, we pay Kasha to Lurk. We pay Kasha to Lurk because lurking That's is the word hard. of the day. Online lurking. She's a dirty little lurker in the background. <laughs> She's like, ooh, a little mouse comes out at night, gets the cheese and runs back in her hole. It's like, hee hee, I got everything. Oh my um, gosh, the image you're painting of me. <laughs> that is so you, by the way. I'm just like, that is so Kasha right now. <laughs> Um, I can say it because it's true. And I'm her boss. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not your boss. Um, so Kasha, as we wrap up here, like what is, if someone is listening to this and they're super excited, they're like, yay, YouTube, yay, stuff and things. And they're ready to gear up and go and grow their business using YouTube and actually have like measurable growth. Like what is your number one, what is their number one action item or takeaway from your perspective? Hmm. Oh, there's so many things to choose from. Um, I think the most important thing is to just really, if, if anything, do the research. Mm. Like, like if you can research what is popular, what people are looking for, like really have a plan before you jump into it. Like mm. take the time, watch not only other dog trainers, but watch other channels that might not necessarily be of interest to you. So let's just say hypothetically, you don't have, you have like zero interest in knitting, mm-hmm. look up some knitting videos and see if any of them you can sit through and you find interesting. And if you find a video that you really catches your interest, and even though you have zero interest in knitting, but yet you sat there and you watched it that's a video to learn from because that's what you want to do. You want your video about, you know, what, you know, dog training or dog walking or anything dog related be something that not only will bring value to the people that need help, but other people can learn and enjoy it. You know, someone's neighbor who doesn't have a dog can see it be like, Oh, this is great information. Let me tell my neighbor who I think has a similar problem with their dog. Yeah. You know, this all like goes, it, it all ties in together. And if you do your research, you can also just have luck on your side. Like what we did with Larry is I was looking up Google trends for him for that particular, uh, for a week. And I was mm-hmm. like, what are people looking for when it comes to dog training for a specific week? And there was a breakout term, which was loose leash walking. So at mm-hmm. the time, Google Trends was telling me, like, right now, loose leash walking, like, it's a hot topic. Everyone is looking for it. So I was like, Larry, just make a video about loose leash walking. And he was like, okay. And he did, like, w- with a, with a um, Doberman. And that video blew up. Mm. Because at the time, that's what people wanted, were looking for. And we made a video giving people what they were, <laughs> pretty much, we, we gave them what they wanted. Yeah. And then boom, we got rewarded for it because we, we took the time to research. If I didn't, if I, if I didn't research at the time, what was trending that week and we did that video at a different time, we would have missed the opportune moment. Mm. Fuck yeah. Do your research, bitches. Listen to Kasha. And then please, please do research because I've had people contact me where they wanted me to be a channel manager because I do a lot of channel management for people, but they have like no clue. Um, like they don't even know how to open like Google. And, <laughs> and I'm just like, I, 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 I can help you, but I can't do it all for you 
if that yeah. makes sense. Because then I would burn out again because then it just becomes exhausting when you have to like hold someone's hand every step of the way. My job, in my opinion, is to take an ob- objective look at your channel as a whole mm-hmm. and like see what we can improve upon. Because I'm a fresh pair of eyes. I, I know YouTube and I can help. Let's fix and, and, and let's see, let's look for patterns and let's improve what is already working for you or find something that will work. But for me to be able to do that, I need something already. So you need to start, Yeah, <laughs> make your videos. You need to kind of get into it yourself a little bit and then I can help you from there. Which yeah. is why usually like I don't I help people start brand new channels. Mm-hmm. I kind of like, I want to be, I want you to be the little baby bird. And I want you to jump out of the nest yourself. Yeah. And I want you to learn how to fly. And once you're flying, like, I will help guide you. Yep. And I will slingshot you in the right direction. Because, like, Larry, like, I just had to come in and just tweak what he was already doing. And once we mm-hmm. did the tweaks and, and we hit the right topics, like, videos would do really, really well. But yeah. that was already because he started the initial hard work and he understood and was flexible. And was mm-hmm. I think that's also to being flexible to the expert's opinion as well. You know, it's that whole thing of being coachable and trusting the process, especially if somebody hires an outsourced expert like Kasha, it's like, so like my style, like, so for example, like my, the way Kasha knows my style pretty well, my brand shit, but it's like, I have to put my bullshit aside with the way I like to see like my, our brand and grassroots brand or whatever, how I show up. Cause I know it's going to look good and it's going to be the most beneficial for the organization. So it's like putting your own fucking shit aside and allowing that expert to come in and take the role. And you know, it's like, okay, baby bird. Now you might've flown and hit the ground, but now it's only time to pick up. So trust mama, here you go, go do the stuff and the things and just trust the process too. So this has been awesome. Kasha. I appreciate it. And by the way, guys, don't go and don't go and don't go and hoard Kasha for me. Cause I'm going to resource guard her. <laughs> she's gonna growl at people i do i'm like fuck that and i'll you'll pay caution to... chick-fil-a too <laughs> you'll, you'll have to swap me for a higher values <laughs> treat <laughs> try to find that ha yeah. ha no i'll just but also, more. like honestly i think it's very important that you know youtube might not be the place for you it might not be the platform for yep. you or you might try youtube and it might not work out for you and that's okay too Mm, yeah be okay like i i I don't want you to like get um you know lose your determination to want to try it because i think i try youtube and i always cheer people on Mm -hmm. but i also like want you to know that like in the back of your mind accept that it might not be a thing for you yep like you're gonna try it and if it's not working you just let it go and it's okay yeah work on something else because you might find a platform that works really Mm -hmm. know instagram could be your thing you may be like killing it and it might be easy for you to make good content on instagram and you're making ads and all that stuff but like youtube is maybe not your thing and that's fine like for me like twitter i i hate twitter i Mm -hmm. twitter i just gave up Mm -hmm. trying to make twitter work i instead put my resources into my instagram and and my youtube and and other platforms yeah well look at look at grassroots right maggie she's fucking amazing on youtube me, I'm a stack of potatoes on YouTube. I like, I hate the fact that some of our coaches' corners go on there. It kills me because I am an absolute perfectionist, yeah, right? I'm a podcast that's, queen. Yeah, well, not only that, but it's like, 
I like a pure, like I like a, I like to have a, a platform that I feel comfortable in. And for me, YouTube is not it. And I've accepted that. So I'm like, okay, cool. It's still part of my overall strategy. It's still part of grassroots overall strategy, but I'm going to let the person who's really great do that. And then I do the podcast stuff and I do writing and blog posts and stuff like that. Same thing. It's like Kasha shows up on fucking podcast uh, on YouTube really well. Uh, again, have you guys ever seen, have Kasha, you're young. So I'm going to, I'm going to date myself really quickly before we, we kind of wrap you're up. Not that much older than me. I know I'm not. I know I'm not, but have you ever seen the movie Wayne's World? No. <gasps> oh my God. You, you, you probably weren't in America. You weren't in America yet. So oh. it's about these two, it's about these two guys there. It's like early nineties, like all my nineties babies are probably laughing at me right now. They were, they're like the grunge back of like, you know, when Kurt Cobain and, uh, Fat Boy Joe, and, oh God, all that, or whatever. I can't even think of the names, but it's with uh, Dana Carvey and with uh, Michael Myers, not the serial killer. And they have, they had this like small show in Cincinnati and then they actually started to blow up and get popularity and they started becoming, you know, they getting sponsors and Garth, what Wayne and Garth are the, the two main characters. And Wayne was, Wayne was the guy, like he was a YouTube, like he would be on YouTube right now. He'd be the one blowing up and Garth was kind of the sidekick. And then Gar, uh, Wayne walked off the set one day cause he was just done with it. And Garth, the camera went on Garth, it was live and he like, his head exploded. It was amazing. So I feel like a trash bag when I go on YouTube cause I just get really fucking freaked out by video. Like that's just me. If I put a video out there, I want to perfectly curate it. I, that's just me. And I know that's not what the YouTube wants. I know that's what my audience doesn't want either. So anyway, but you're good at branding. Yeah. So that's your oh. strength. Like when I, when, before you came on, I remember I was trying to rebrand grassroots and I did like a horrible job at the time, like figuring it out. And then you came in and you were like, boo, 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 fun, <laughs> logo, this, that, like it's all mixed sure. up. And I'm just like, oh, cool. that, that just, just, that's way better than what I yeah. was looking for. But yeah, so we all, we all have our strengths. Exactly. Exactly. So Kasha, where can people find you if they want to connect with you? Well, predominantly, I'm all over the internets under Creative Pet Keeping. Uh, my email is creativepetkeeping at gmail. So you can just kind of like hit me up. Uh, it's I think emailing is a little better because um, I do get a ton of messages from all my fish peeps. So all my social medias are kind of flooded. And with emails, too, I will try to get back to you as soon as possible. But I, I do get like a flood of emails all the time, too. Um, lots of fish questions, but I do my best to try to reply and help. Or and you can just, just grab Kristen and be like, hey. <laughs> come on in here come on let's talk and don't go and subscribe if you're not watching her shit so that's one that's one yes, ask that's please. one of my takeaways if you're gonna go check her out watch her videos then subscribe and then go from yeah there. if you if you truly enjoy fish and if you like my content then please subscribe and if you don't like it and it's not for you that's totally fine too because there's tons of awesome content on youtube for everyone and i'm totally cool with people like not being into my stuff because you know you know, you know your audience, right? <laughs> so I don't take offense. I've, I've had family like apologize to me and be like, I don't watch your video. And I'm like, it's okay. You're like, I don't give a shit. Fuck it. Like it's not, <laughs> it's, it's, it's for like fish people. And that's, that's totally cool if that's not you. Like that's your preference. <laughs> exactly. Well, I still, I still like your, you. <laughs> I still like your murderous fish. I think they're adorable. Uh, so mur- is. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Kasha, thank you so much for joining us today. And yeah, guys, I'm going to put all the links in the below. And yeah, thank you again, Kasha. This was a great 
And I appreciate all the strategic stuff you gave all these people. There's a lot of great takeaways, guys. So I hope you all listen carefully. All right, I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye. Hey there. Thank you for listening to another badass episode of Mind Your Own Dog Business. If you haven't already subscribed, what are you waiting for? Oh my God. Go and subscribe now so you don't miss out on any of our content-packed dog business jam sessions plus special offers that I'm going to only be sharing with my amazing dog business entrepreneurial podcast listeners. Now, if you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to leave a five-star kick-ass review so more amazing dog business owners just like yourself can find us and start to transform and disrupt their businesses and their lives unapologetically. And if you feel so inclined, feel free to tag me on Instagram with a screenshot of this episode and holler at your girl. I'm at dogwalkercoach. You can find me, dogwalkercoach, and I'll pop up and I'll give you a special shout out. All right, guys, till next time. Bye.